The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com Welcome, boys and ghouls. It's time once again to kick open the old mausoleum door and see what climbs out. Clawing his way out of a fetid grave is Drew, a.k.a. Rabid Badger. Pull up a slab with Jim Millspaw in his award-winning role as the Professor of Torture, Meat Hook Jim. Jason Storm is here as fan favorite, gothic commentator, Storm. Do you smell something burning? It must be Salem's favorite old crone, Jonna Summers. <laughs> now light a torch, grab your pitchfork, and make like a bunch of terrified villagers. You found another episode of The Big Scary Show! <laughs> As we say goodbye to the year 2023 and prepare to welcome in 2024, the Big Scary Show hosts are in a reflective mood. This time of year things tend to slow down and it gives us time to think about the year that was and what our goals for the upcoming year. Will there be conventions and trade shows to attend? Will, will there be haunted houses to visit? What about new and exciting haunt products to see and experience? The hosts hope to bring you all that and so much more in the coming year. Storm is ranting about compassion animals in a haunt minute. Meat Hook Jim discusses lethal injection in between the corpses. Badger reads us the latest in Deadline News. The old crone talks about haunts working with their local chambers of commerce and tourist bureaus. And of course, we're spending some rockin' tunes to welcome in the new year. Due to the holidays and guests spending time with friends and family, the Round Table of Terror decided to take things a little easy this episode. The hosts gather around the table to discuss the past year and make some New Year's resolutions for 2024. No doubt there will be some interesting plans made and we'll have to see how many of them will be kept. Also, why is the round table lined up with shot glasses? Stay tuned to find out. All this and so much more. We hit the body, but you will come unaccomplished by listening to The Big Scary Show! And Happy New Year, everyone. American International presents The Land That Time Forgot, an astounding motion picture based on the book by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Travel through an underwater passage and discover an awesome prehistoric world. Fight for your life against the terrifying creatures of a lost continent. It's action, danger, and adventure on an epic scale. The Land That Time Forgot, rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. 
Looking to step up your costume? CFX products perform in every environment. Film, haunted attractions, stage shows, theme parks, cosplay, and good old-fashioned Halloween. Created for realism and comfort from the number one company leading the industry for over 16 years, a CFX silicone mask isn't finished until you put it on. Whatever your needs, CFX has you covered with silicone. And once you put it on, you too will agree that a CFX mask will be the most comfortable rubber you'll ever wear. Find your new face today at cfxmasks.com, cfxmasks.com. Saza, Fugue in G minor, PWV 578, Little Fugue, on the Big Scary Show. This is Rob Goblin from Frightworks Haunted House in Knoxville, Tennessee, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Broadcasting to you from the darkest regions of the Earth, this is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so an interesting article I saw uh, this weekend, you know, had to deal with all the holiday travel and everything going on, and something they're trying out at the Oregon Airport. Yes, at the International Airport in Oregon. They have a new compassion animal there. Yes, 
it's a, if you're stressed out, if you're afraid of flying, you know, you can go over and you can hug this animal and, and feel better about things. And, and, you know, it's a new compassion animal that they have rolling out there. Our airports use like puppies and, and, and goats and, uh, you know, kitty cats and things like that. But no, the Oregon Air National Airport is currently using llamas. Now, of course, I saw this article, immediately my head went to that Dancing Llama from the Amazon ad that we've seen a hundred times this season, uh, so that's fun. But yes, you could go to the airport and have a big freaking llama there to go hug. I mean, you know, it's like the um, 4F section of the uh, state fair, you know? Oh, great, uh, the airport. Now, with everything else that smells like, can smell like livestock, too. But, hey, the llamas are apparently fuzzy and, and won't, like, spit at you or, or bite you or kick you, I guess. Uh, well, hopefully it's a special llama. But this got me thinking. Why hasn't anybody really taken advantage of this gimmick for their haunt? Where are your compassion animals? You bring people in to make them afraid out of their mind. And if you want to show people that you're very good at that, that you can make people so scared, you need to have a compassion animal. That's right. And there are different types of ones you could have. But ideally, you know, a, a compassion goat at the end of your thing, or a compassion tarantula. There's so many ways to go about it. But just the fact that, yes, we have a compassion animal, that's how scary our haunt is. I think it's a trend that you can just jump on and, you know, I think it's a great gimmick and you get some people just to go to go and, you know, take selfies with your compassion tarantula. So until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the Zombie Butler. Visit me and all my friends here at VFXCreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete, the Zombie Puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at VFXCreates.com Music by Midnight Syndicate Hi, I'm Larry Bones from Boneyard Effects, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello everyone, Drew Badger here. This is Deadline News for episode 305. And once again, we're going to start off with some sad news from one of our own. 
This comes to us via the Boo Crew Haunted House in Mechanicsburg, Illinois. It is with great sadness that Boo Crew has lost one of the best. Michael Grenda passed away unexpectedly Wednesday, December 20th at his home at the age of 55. You may have seen him in the queue line, on the trail, or in the haunted house. He was a man of many creative talents. One of his greatest gifts to us was his ability to create and carry out his characters and scare the bejesus out of you. He is survived by his wife, daughter, mother, sisters, brother, and several nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, and cousins. Rest in peace, friend. The Big Scary Show sends its deepest condolences to the family and friends of Robert Michael Grenda and the Boo Crew Haunted House and offers up this moment of silence. On a lighter note, we have this update from Days of the Dead coming to Atlanta. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actress Felissa Rose to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Atlanta, happening January 26th through 28th at the Cortland Grand Hotel. A Days of the Dead fan favorite, Felissa Rose is best known for her role as Angela Baker in the cult classic Sleepaway Camp. She's also appeared in such films as Horror, Satan's Playground, Return to Sleepaway Camp, and Silent Night, Zombie Night. Get more information about Days of the Dead at daysofthedead.com We have some prop news from Haunted Hills Productions. It's time we are releasing our Transworld packages early this season to allow for a limited number of pre-orders that will be available to pick up at the show. You can save on shipping. These deals are not available online. Just message or email us to place your pre-order. Pre-order invoices will be sent via PayPal, so you can take advantage of the PayPal extended payment option if you choose. You can message them on Facebook at facebook.com slash hauntedhillsproductions or email hauntedhillsprod, P-R-O-D, at gmail.com for more information. We have a little international news from Little Johnny's FX in Belfast, Northern Ireland. We're super excited to announce that we've partnered up with our friends from Pale Night Productions in Illinois to be their sole supplier in the UK and Ireland for their world-famous Permablood products. Finally, you'll be able to buy the haunt industry's best and most trusted permanent blood paint in the UK and Ireland. Their super realistic, shiny, wet-look blood paint adds the perfect finish to movie sets, masks, props, and clothing. So realistic... It's frightening. Available to buy from our website. Please feel free to message us with any questions and get more information at rubberjohnnysmasks.com. We have an update from the Full Moon Tattoo and Horror Festival coming to Nashville, Tennessee. It's our first guest announcement for the 2024 Nashville Full Moon Festival, March 29th through the 31st. Please welcome Ken Foray. Ken is loved by fans for his work in several Rob Zombie films, Dawn of the Dead, Leatherface, and so much more. Tickets are on sale now. Get more info at fullmooninc.net. We have an update from Smoky Mountain Terror coming to Kingsport, Tennessee. 
Our second guest announcement from Five Nights at Freddy's will be Brett O'Quinn, who is the animatronic puppeteer for Mr. Cupcake in one of the biggest hit movies of the year. Brett will be with us on both June 8th and 9th at the Meadowview Conference Resort and Convention Center in Kingsport. Stay tuned for a special photo op announcement for him as well. Along with Five Nights at Freddy's, Brett is also known for Muppets Most Wanted and Crank Yankers. Tickets are available now for as little as $20, and you can secure your spot now by heading over to their website and purchasing your tickets today at SmokyMountainTerror.com. And finally, we have this news from Alan Hops. We are excited to announce the launch of Haunter Class, a collective effort to enrich the educational scope for themed attractions. This insightful program launches with one of our most requested classes, the Latex Half Mask. With more classes currently in development, Haunter Class will continue to grow, providing accessible, well-versed information and instruction for artists and enthusiasts alike. Join us for fun, learning, and more in Haunter Class. Get more information at hauntercloud.com. Remember folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween or horror industries and you want it on the show, email it to us news at bigscaryshow.com and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects for your home or pro haunt. They carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit SpectralIllusions.com and add some life to your haunt. That's SpectralIllusions.com. Hey, this is Maximus Christian Bryan from the Ohio Haunters Association, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Neil Zaza. Funeral March, Opus 35, on The Big Scary Show.
want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror, then let dark imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Roundtable of Terror is very proudly sponsored by HauntPay. Whether it's time ticketing, virtual queue lines, or anything else related to online ticket sales, have Alex and his staff set you up at HauntPay.com. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the final Roundtable of Terror for 2023. You might be hearing this in 2024, but that's okay. It is a crazy, crazy year we've all experienced. And buckle up, folks. 2024 will probably be another wild ride for many different reasons. But because of the holiday season and because there's so many different people out there traveling and visiting family and friends and all that stuff, you know, guests are hard to come by this time of year. So we thought we would just kind of take the time and sit back and reflect on the year that was and the year that will be. Awful lot of interesting things happening in the haunt industry. A lot of haunts had pretty decent years, weather notwithstanding. A lot of very interesting things have happened since Halloween. There's been some announcements for, you know, new conventions and new horror cons and new shows and movies are coming out and all kinds of crazy, cool stuff. Hopefully a lot of it will be nice and spooky and we'll all love it all. And we'll see all the cool stuff at Transworld this year and all the other conventions that the big scary show likes to get out and see. But we just want to kind of have a nice little end-of-the-year conversation, maybe drink a toast to good health and, you know, prosperity in the new year, you know, new year, new me, you know, blah, blah, blah. But let's go around the room and introduce all our hosts who are with us tonight. First of all, up in Rhode Island, we have Storm. Greetings from holly jolly foggy New England. Uh, seriously, it's 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 like the fog out there. I'm waiting for a pirate ship of uh, ghouls to land. Any snow yet? No, no snow. Down in Cincinnati, Ohio, we have Meat Hook Jim. Greetings from Southwest Ohio, where the weather can't make up its mind. It is. Have you had snow yet? Um, yeah, like we had like a dusting last week or so, but this week is like. They can't decide between 40 and 50. Figure it out. It's winter. Do something. Heading out a little west out to Fayetteville, Arkansas, we welcome Jonna the Old Crone. Greetings, everyone, from the one without facial hair. Hey. <laughs> all of you guys have all this winter facial hair. Keeps us warm. <laughs> My name is Drew Badger in Charlotte, North Carolina. The weather is 65 degrees. It has been raining for the past three days. All the creeks 
around here are flooding over their banks. That's just typical, typical December weather for us. And of course, we probably won't see a lick of snow. But gentlemen and lady, let's talk about the year that was. You know, it was very interesting. There was a big improvement with a trade show down in Owensboro, Kentucky. Fear Expo was in its second year. We went and saw that and had a great time at that. Transworld had moved back a month to February. You know, Midwest Haunters was in Chicago. Lots of little horror cons and expos and things like that. What were some of the uh, highlights of 2023 for you guys what did you know and of course jana will talk about your uh your haunt a little bit i know we have especially right after halloween but uh how was overall your 2023s well mine started off with the bang back in in february with the uh winning an Os- uh an oscars award at at trans world that was pretty exciting um and had a lot of a lot of interesting things happen with my haunt. Um, made some big decisions on things that's changing for 2024. But overall, it was um, it was a very interesting year. Very interesting year. I remember. I remember watching the uh, the awards presentation. Watching you win. Uh, was it was it best small haunt, small professional haunt? It's actually um, category. Excellence in haunted attraction for small. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're so proud of you for that. That was, that was really cool. And, um, you know, unexpected from us. I think you had told us a couple of days before you might want to come to the Oscars just for, (laughs) you know, reasons. Yeah. It was really, it was really a shock to me. Um, whenever I got the phone call, I, I was just like speechless and you know me, it takes a lot to make me speechless. And I was just like, Oh my God. And I, they called me while I was at work at my day job and everyone's like, are you okay? Is everything okay? You know, expecting some horrible news, you know, like, you know, a death in the family or something. And I was like, I'm getting an award. <laughs> totally, totally shocked me. But uh, I, I'm, I'm curious. still very who, honored by it. Who was it that called you and what did they say? Oh, who was it? Um, it wasn't Brett. I don't remember now who it was that called me. It was somebody um, from the HAA, I assume. But it was someone from the HAA, and they said, um, we want to honor you at this year's Oscars. And I go, wait, what, me? And they said, yeah. And I said, you mean for the Big Scary Show? Like like the Big Scary Show's being honored? And he goes, mm, no, you, for <laughs> Banshee Manor. You're the owner of Banshee Manor, aren't you? And I was like, Yeah. Well, we're going to honor you at the Oscars Award. And I was just like, uh, what? <laughs> um, and then he told me, you know, some things that I needed to to send him so they could put together the package, you know, before they announced it and everything. But yeah, I was I was just literally flabbergasted. And still ever, am. Did you ever find out who nominated you? I did not. I still have suspicions. But no one, no one has fessed up completely. Well, it was no, it wasn't me. I'll say that. Not that I wouldn't have had I thought about it, but um, I would have to go through the haunt before that happened. And I don't know if Stormer Jim did. Maybe they did. I, I cannot say. I, plead, I still have. <laughs> do what, Jim? I plead the fifth. <laughs> I still have um, 
what is that called? Imposter syndrome. You know, where I'm like, mm, I, I still don't feel like I deserved it. I'm very grateful and very honored that I got it. But I, I feel like a mistake was made. <laughs> Someone else more deserving should have gotten it besides me. But As I'm not giving it back. <laughs> <laughs> As the other person that went to Trans World, how did you think the vibe was for February? As opposed to March. You know, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, I really, honestly, I don't think I would have been able to tell any difference. I mean, maybe a little bit more crowded. Um, definitely a little bit colder walking to the hotel afterwards. Um, but the vibe was was good. Everyone was, I mean, it was Trans World. Everybody was at Trans World. That is the black t-shirt Disneyland. You know? <laughs> Um, it was great, but I am really excited to see what the America Center has done. If you don't know, it had to get moved to February last year um, because the America Center was doing a huge overhaul of the facility. And so it'll be really exciting to see what they have done um, to the America Center whenever we go in March, which is opening on my birthday. How cool is that? We will have to figure out a way to exploit that. Oh, <laughs> I will gladly take cash and hugs. So maybe, you a, know. maybe, a, maybe we can talk to Paul about that paddle he formed, the Haunters <laughs> Against Hate paddle, and we can have a spanking booth or something for raise money for charity there or his <laughs> or his organization. I think usually yeah. if your birthday falls on the day of a convention day, you got by the first round. That's for sure. Oh. I better start collecting my pennies then. You're hundred percent right on that. We'll at least have to make you wear the hat. But I will wear okay. the hat. <laughs> Very cool. So Jim, did you make it out to any shows this year? I don't recall if you did or not. Uh I unfortunately this was like a, a bad show year for me. Um actually the only show I went to was Squared Circle Expo. Uh, which is mainly pro wrestling, and that was in April. And how was that? I, I know we don't talk about that on the show. We talk about that on your other podcast that you're affiliated with. But, uh, you know, how was that? You know, the guy that puts that on used to run a horror con. Right. I'm assuming it's, it's still there. And, yeah. you know, he did a bang-up job when he was in charge of that, and I assume he's doing a bang-up job with uh, Squared Circle. Yeah, with his uh, partners, um, Ed Gonzalez and Heather Owens. Um, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, Squared Circle Expo 4 is coming up at the end of March. I'm sorry for the shameless plug, but um, the the list of talent they've got now is incredible. It's, it's going to be the biggest show yet. They are, at this rate, they're going to outgrow the venue very, very quickly. And I can't wait to... Uh hear stories about that because i know that uh you know you're you're big into the wrestling right now you're still doing ring announcing i guess for new ohio is that correct or uh for new ohio wrestling for cincy wrestling and sometimes for battle on the border wrestling if i'm not doing commentary wow you've expanded since i've seen you and i and i think eh, it's probably been four or five years since i've actually seen you at a wrestling match and you weren't even working that time i just happened to be passing through the area and knew that you were attending a show and you were like come on over so there i was and we saw some 
cool stuff happening that time. Yeah. Storm, I know you've had some health-related issues over the last year or two, and uh, I don't think you got out much this year, but did you get out? And I mean, any cool movies or any cool shows or, you know, I know that you like to do like the home haunt stuff up and around the Warwick Providence area around Halloween. Did you get out and enjoy any of that? Yeah, I got to a, a couple of uh, home haunts, especially on Halloween. You know, the weather ruined a couple of the weekends and some of the nights would have been a little easier to get out to things. Um, so, you know, I had a little Halloween tradition. I mean, I was just happy not to record an episode from hospital bed uh, this year. That was a goal, and, and we got through it. Uh, just having, you know, not enough for me to be going around and, and try and wander around any shows and, um, you know, try and get any decent coverage with that. And the shows are starting to ramp up again up here, which is good. Uh, a few more of them are showing up. Uh, Terracon's coming back, Monster Expo. Um, there's there's another one we went to before. I can't remember if it's FearCon or something. I think that's going to be just up in uh, northern uh, northwestern New York. But it's good that that show will be coming back. Um, you know, the Rhode Island Comic Con is just huge. I haven't, you know, even when I was in full health, that one, you know, you, you just couldn't even get coverage because everybody's packed. All the tables are having so many people coming to them, you know, uh, really seeing a, a nice push on some of the local uh, uh, haunt shows and, you know, horror and just anything macabre is going. That's why I'm looking forward to the curiosity and oddities. Hopefully I'll be, you know, up and going around to, to make it through that. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing a little better, especially in the past couple of weeks. But, um, but yeah, you know, even... Um, otherwise, uh, you know, a lot of streaming horror stuff, uh, things from home, um, you know, that, that type of thing. Uh, but you know, just watching the industry, checking in on news and stuff a lot, uh, you know, it looks like even the, um, industry conventions are going strong and doing well. I mean, some people say doom and gloom and that we've saturated the market and we have too many of them. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're all starting to find a little bit of their own feet. You know, you got to have a cross because, you know, it, it, there's only so much you can do different. And people do like the parties. They do like a lot of the events and things you have. So you're going to see that type of repetition. But you're s starting to see, you know, these shows get a little bit more of their own feet behind it. And we saw this, you know, 10, 15 years ago, especially when like Midwest was like the cash and carry event, you know, trans world was the big, you know, go and buy your, um, the giant piece you need for your haunt or go in and buy a whole haunt type of thing. So we're starting to see that identity work out. And, um, these shows, even with them being compacted a little closer together this year, um, you know, you always have individual cases of people with issues at shows, and that's going to happen anything. But overall, a lot of positivity and a lot of sales at all these shows. There really wasn't talk of an empty, dead floor at any of the shows this year, which is good for the industry on a whole. There were a couple of rough shows out there. There was one in that for Pete, I didn't, you know, attend these, but I, I know that there was a show in Savannah. I believe in early May and it was a weekend that my daughter graduated college. So I wasn't able to go, but I know a couple of people that went and they said it was really not good. And I hate that because I think the Southeast could use a good show 
like that. And Savannah is a beautiful town with a lot of cool stuff going on. And hopefully they've learned from whatever they say they're coming back and they're going to be better and they're going to bring in more variety and, and more stuff. And, and I hope that happens because I remember, you know, the first year that a, a show like fear expo went on and people were saying, Oh, there was nobody there. There was so much empty room and there wasn't a lot of vendors, but you know, this year we went and there was a lot of people there. There was a lot of good quality vendors. Some you would see at Transworld. A lot of them you would not. Not exactly, you know, what a lot of people were expecting. I know people that said, I went to Fear Expo and had a great time. And people were like, how could you have a great time at Fear Expo? They sucked last year. Well, they learned from the the year before. And I, and I hope this Savannah show will be back and I the name escapes me at the moment, but um I, I hope they're back and I hope they are strong. I've heard um you know good things about a lot of other shows that we were not able to get out to. And a show I was gonna ask you about, Storm, was a Necronomicon. Is that still coming back every other year or I know COVID, I didn't hear a thing about them for a couple of years. Do have you heard anything whether this is the year they come back or if it's as a matter of fact yes i saw a posting on their social media i believe on their facebook page and uh they're hitting their though this is the year for it so details will be coming out soon excellent well maybe if we're lucky and creek don't rise and your health is good maybe we can get you out to necronomicon because i know that you've been out there a couple of years and it's it's apparently a really cool show because you you have talked a lot about it and you've you've seemed to have enjoyed it so yeah that's know, one of the, that's know. one of the more interesting ones because it it jumps a couple of different um genres and things to go with it because you know it is based on you know hp lovecraft you know he he lived in providence so they have it in providence and they'll have tours and everything for it and uh you know you get a lot of uh, a mix of a whole bunch of different things and presentations uh, especially people you know going over the good and bad that is uh, lovecraft you know a lot of the good of the um art he did but you know he he wasn't the best person uh, you know uh, you know, it, it, even a little bit more for the times, and um, you know the, the vendors and stuff there just are amazing. From the art that's there to macabre things to haunts and uh, ghost tours and stuff. So I, I I love shows like that. I love um, you know especially the the uh, the little cryptid shows that are popping up now. The little festivals and celebrations for that because you can bring in a very eclectic mix of vendors presentations and it it starts getting some of these cross genres going you know uh some of the small haunt and horror conventions you know if, if you have a haunt you want to be at it and have a booth or something and that'll work but you know these types of shows where you know this is somebody who will want to go to your haunt but isn't necessarily looking to go to your haunt you know that, that you can really start drawing in some uh, uh stuff like that and it's more of a um attractive market than say even a, a county fair or something so you know it, it's always look to them as good networking and advertising opportunities and you know the overhead on a lot of these shows is uh, a lot smaller 
you know, the big conventions, uh, you know, if you've talked to vendors, if you've vendored at a, a big convention, you know, one of the things is, the, you know, the load in uh, one of the show producers have such a tough time finding a venue that's big enough for a haunt show, but isn't going to kill you on the type of load in, you know, these these convention centers sort of aren't very friendly to a seasonal uh, uh, vendor event thing because, you know, th- there's there's a lot of upfront money. So you have big shows like Transworld, that's that's going to be their income level. And you, you can really get into the red just by, you know, bringing a big booth in as much as you can to try and sell and show off what you have. But some of these smaller venues and events, you know, you can just get by with uh, a, a good setup in a hotel ballroom, that type of thing. Uh, even uh, the outdoor ones are, are getting good with it. So they're good, you know, as a smaller vendor to try out and, and make sure that it's worth it so that you don't run a uh, convention weekend where you're lucky to break even. Well, our uh, friend uh, Wendy, she has started doing vending at smaller, smaller events, you know, m- making a little bit of money, you know, at them and building up her, uh, clientele and and her inventory and stuff and now she's going to be at, at Transworld you know so yeah someone's starting a new business for uh, as a vendor these smaller shows this is where you get your feet wet this is where you learn what works and what doesn't work what's, what sells and what doesn't sell absolutely Wicked Wendy and Wicked FX I think their first show was Fear Expo last year I know that they vended at CreepyCon in Knoxville I don't know what other shows she has been. I know she has asked us, you know, are there any shows local to the Cincinnati area or something where I can get in and, you know, I could get her to Knoxville, put her in touch with the right people. And I'm assuming she's probably vended at a couple of other places. But, yeah, she uh, surprisingly, you know, has a, a really good product. Not surprising. She's a genius makeup artist, but she's she's got simple yet really really disgustingly creepy and and sick looking things and she's gotten very very good at those things you know i don't think she's trying to do 500 things at once which is good i think she's concentrating on her strengths and i look forward to seeing her at transworld i knew she was talking about it i did not know she had already committed to being there so we look forward to that and you know we'll give her a plug go to the wicked fx booth people but um yeah that's uh small town kid makes good kind of story there. And, and you're right. The smaller shows are absolutely where you should get started. You know, I've, you see that stuff on social media. Hey, I'm starting an FX company. Should I start vending at Transworld? No, don't start at Transworld. Go to, you know, Midwest or go to East Coast Haunters Convention, brand new show coming down in April, or go to a small horror con if it's the type of product that people who like going to horror cons would like if you do masks or if you do weapons or something like that animatronics and things probably don't do well at horror cons but i see an awful lot of really good mask makers i see a lot of costumers i see you know weapons and makeup supply people do pretty good at horror cons and you know i say this time and time again if you own a haunted attraction and a horror cons coming to your area buy a table your your demographic Every single person that goes to that horror con probably should be at your haunted house in the fall or whenever you do an event. Get out there, folks. I'd I'd love to get to a couple of horror cons and just see like a whole row of haunted attractions. And I'm actually starting to see that now at a couple of shows. There's one in Raleigh. 
that has like six or seven haunts from the Carolinas and Virginia. And there's a show in Knoxville that has, you know, five or six from central Eastern Tennessee out there. And it's, it's, uh, it's cool to see what they're going to be presenting come fall. If you go out there in the summertime and see all that. So I wish we had a horror con around here. Uh, We definitely a big enough uh, metro metropolitan area in Northwest Arkansas to, uh, to support something like that. But we're just, we just now started getting a Comic-Con here and it was, Mm -hmm. I think it's in year three. um, But the first two years, it was very well attended. Um, I would love to get a a horror con or something like that going on here too. You know, what's really neat. What's really neat is I'm starting to see, you know, vendors see that problem and then they set up something. Um, one of the vendors I've, I've gone and interviewed, you know, this guy makes these monster, you know, like jars and mugs and, and stuff for you to put stuff in really neat look to it and everything. And he's had tables that, you know, uh, are, are outdoor, uh, craft fairs and he's gone to the horror conventions and stuff, but you know, not enough to, to push and he, he, he gets good orders and he wants to get out there more. He actually is has created his own con so monster con and a little one in a hotel and it's been building and now there's a digital magazine that uh he's gotten some people work on and and go through so it's grown from just this little you know table at a craft fair that he's doing out of his um you know garage to the guys now part of you know, hosting these types of events and getting it out there. So he has a venue for it, for his product. And so do other people who want to try it out and go. And there, there are a lot of excuses to have little festivals and event like this. And, you know, if you could just get a parking lot on a good day, uh, a couple of uh, tables and tents uh, with vendors and a couple of food trucks, you're going to get a crowd. Can't argue with that. And and one other thing that I've seen attending little street fairs like this, interestingly enough, you see some horror celebrities going out there. I've I've seen people like uh Felissa Rose or Dave Sheridan, who you would see at a Days of the Dead, or you'd see them at a flashback weekend, or you'd see them at a you know horror hound, but you will also see them occasionally at you know this horror bazaar market and dark arts market. And they'll be there for maybe one day out of the two, but they'll be signing autographs and taking pictures and they definitely pull a crowd in. Oh my gosh, let's go meet these people and get a photograph and an autograph and all that. And I'm, I don't know what their rates are, but I'm sure you can pull in somebody, you know, for a reasonable amount of price to just come in, fly them in, give them a hotel, give them a hundred percent of what they, they sell. Don't take a cut of that and just use them as a promotional tool. It's uh, I've I've just noticed that maybe in the last year or two that I'm seeing some celebrities not appearing at cons, but appearing at these festivals. It's 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 an interesting trend. I'll be very curious to see if that continues or if that expands. So explain what's the difference between a festival and a convention. Well, it's like Storm said, you know, you hang out like a craft market out in a parking lot. And it's just because maybe the city is having an arts fair that weekend and they have a dark arts section or they have an, an area that you can put slightly more bizarre stuff. I know 
you know, there's a there's a big festival or used to be a big festival in Raleigh called Art Explosure that used to happen every spring. And I used to go to that when I lived down there. And there'd always be this little area off to the side where I'd see just slightly different stuff, not not necessarily scary or spooky stuff. But, you know, you'd see the people selling the soaps and the people selling the artwork and the people doing that. But there is always like this little corner off to the side where you'd see the musicians and the you know, the performance artists and, and the people who would, you know, spin those flaming balls around or, you know, breathe fire and stuff like that kind of sideshow kind of stuff. And I think that, you know, if you brought in somebody like that to come in and just, you know, be a, be a focal point of the entertainment, I think it would work. You know, you're not getting Robert England. You're not getting, you know, Sean Astin or somebody like that, but you could probably get somebody who was in walking dead or somebody who was from, you know, one of the Friday, the 13th franchises, you know, victim number 45 in episode 23. There you go. You know, it still (laughs) astonishes me how many people actually for a couple of years really rode that train and, and did very well, you know, our buddy RJ Hattie wrote that. He used to have a t-shirt saying riding that train since 2012. And uh <laughs> last time I saw him was probably like 2019. And he said, This is probably the last year that I will do anything like this because you know, face off is off the air now and blah blah blah, this and that and the other. Even though it has just come back, I think it's on Netflix or Hulu now, at least two yeah, seasons they, of it. They brought it to back to Netflix, so you know what is old is new again that kind of that kind of brings us to a topic of what was some of the most surprising trends in 2023 i i'm still shocked that axe throwing is as big as it is i mean even non-haunts are having axe throwing at their bars and their things like that i mean last year in 2022 when i went to iapa there was probably five or six separate axe throwing dealers out there where you could buy their franchise, you could buy their trailer, and you could you could have them just come out and literally set up an entire axe throwing display at your haunt or wherever. You know, and a lot of them were basically saying, Yeah, we do this for more for bars and for pubs and for outdoor events, weekend events, rather than necessarily at haunts. But you know, so many haunts are doing that. You know, it it's kind of become the the zombie paintball of the twenty early 20 teens where everybody had paintball and now everyone's into axe throwing and you know it's fun i've done it i'm not very good at it but but i've certainly enjoyed watching other people who are very good at it and do it so you know i I definitely think that's a trend that's probably going to continue at least a few more years yeah i think if you tried to put in one yourself at your haunt Boy, you would definitely want to check and see what your insurance rates are going to jack up to before you <laughs> before you install that, because I would imagine it'd be, you know, kind of risky. Yeah. And and I guess maybe that's another trend is I'm seeing more and more haunts do midway type waiting areas as opposed to having a line. You know, we had Alex from Haunt Pay On recently and, you know, talking about time ticketing so you don't have to wait in line. So while you're hanging around, I, I'm seeing a lot more of photo ops come to our little horror museum display and they'll have like a small building with a bunch of props from movies and autographs from 
famous people and things and axe throwing and they'll have a DJ spinning and they'll have fire pits with concessions and things. I'm seeing that an awful lot more over the past few years. You know, 10 years ago, I could probably name on one hand the number of haunts that had a a genuine quote unquote midway that I was aware of. And now everybody seems to be doing it. I don't think I went to I honestly may have gone to like one haunt this season that did not have a midway, but they did have an area off to the side where they had a a famous actor come in and sign autographs, but they didn't have a midway per se. So I guess that's another trend I'm seeing in the industry. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I definitely understand why they want to do midway or other things because one, it's another revenue, you know, that you get to tack on to your, your hot ticket but also people don't want to stand in line like they used to um you know that started with covid but it's also with short attention span people get bored quickly they've got to have something new every five minutes to keep their mm-hmm. attention while they're waiting to go into the haunt so um if you got the space to do it definitely do it yeah queue line actors notwithstanding you know some of the best actors out there work the queues but there's really You know, if you have somebody that's standing in line for an hour and a half and they see the same three queue line actors, I mean, it's it could get a little tedious. And I and I did act as a queue line actor this year. So, yes, I completely understand that. Thankfully, I worked at a couple of haunts that had midways and different areas to wander around in. So you can go, you know, not wait in line and stare at me for hour and a half or whatever, because nobody wants to look at this. but. You know, it's uh, it's good that they are coming out with these entertainment options. I'm definitely seeing an increase in food trucks or different types of concessions. It used to be just, you know, hot dogs and pizza and golf cart would pull up half an hour before they'd open with like 50 boxes of Domino's or whatever. Hey, come get a five dollar slice of pizza. But it, it's gotten a whole lot better than that from a lot of places. I've seen a couple of, you know gourmet pizza food trucks or you know gourmet this and you know hot dog and grilled cheese and mexican and all sorts of cool stuff so you know if you have a food truck maybe you should uh inquire with some of your local haunts about maybe coming up and setting up for a weekend could be a very interesting and lucrative partnership especially to those who do Or if you're a haunt, talk to the food trucks when you go to festivals and events this summer. See if they're available in October and want to just, you know, give you a couple hundred bucks to park in the parking lot that day. Yeah, give you some electricity and, you know, a water supply or a hookup or something and bam, sell all you can. That's a, that's a, I think that's a trend that'll probably uh, expand and continue. You know, we might, uh, who knows, there might be a time where we come see food trucks at a thing like Transworld. You definitely see them at IAPA. They'll they'll sell you a food truck in a New York minute down there if if you're seriously looking for one. They they literally have a fleet of them, all types of configurations and things. So take your uh-huh. old um paintball track trailer and you know fit it outfit it to become a food truck. Because <laughs> I know there's a lot of people trying to sell their old paintball trailers because you know that has kind of gone by the way in a lot of places so one of the trends i want to see go away is this horrible trend of not being able to find enough 
actors not being able to find enough staff. Oh my gosh, it was so hard. It was it was hard in 2022. And then it, last year was just so much worse. And I would set up, you know, interviews with, you know, 10 people and maybe one would show up. It's just so frustrating. So I hope that goes away and I hope that's better in 2024. Where were you advertising? Um, social media, Craigslist, um, um, job posting boards. You've, you've got a couple of big universities in your area. You should go out there and directly like post flyers or something, shouldn't you? Oh, you can't, can't post flyers anymore can't. at the university. Really? No, you have to go through. You've got to jump through about 10 hoops. You can't even, I can't even put a poster advertising the haunt up anywhere on the university campus. Everything has to be approved and it has to go through all of these hoops and everything else. But yeah, I went through, um, you know, like the local job sites, you know, to hire and stuff, but lots of interest, but then they just, you know, would change their mind and not show up for the interviews or interview. And I mean, I had one guy who showed up for the interview, interviewed him. He showed up for the training. Um, we were going to start load in that evening. And he said, yeah, I'll be there. No problem. Never saw him again. Hmm. Unfortunately, that's probably not a, a rare occurrence across the country. You know, most people I talk to, same thing, staffing issues, whether it was, like you said, just couldn't get people to commit or you'd interview 10 and one would show up or, or there are other interests out there or they just don't want to you know, commit to every weekend in the yeah. fall, especially during football season and world series season and beef watching and, you know, whatever. Ugh. So well, the staff I ended up with was great and they did a fabulous job. I just wish I had had, I could have used about another four to five people. I had one of my clients. I won't mention which one. But when we were having our initial meetings and we were saying, how many people are you expecting to come and take an actor's workshop? And they would say, oh, about 80, because that's how it's been in years past, although we've been having a little trouble since COVID. But we're expecting anywhere between 70 and 80. And they said that of those 80 people, by the end of the season, we'd probably have about 30. We'll, we'll keep hiring through the season, but we have that much of a turnaround. And it's, again, it's because of high school football and college football games and, you know, other things like that. They were not in the most populous of areas, so they kind of had to rely on who they could get. And the day of the workshop, we had 47 people show up. And, you know, I called them in the middle of the season and asked how their season was. They were like, of the 47 people, I think we've got like 25 still. And, you know, we're, we're hiring more, but our total numbers are usually around 40 to 50. And some of them were at your workshop and the majority were not. So we're, we're struggling, but overall, I think they had a pretty good season. So it was, a. Uh, it's a uh, it's not an isolated incident for you. You are not alone when it comes to uh, not finding actors. And, and I don't know the solution. And I don't know that uh, a lot of people know that solution. I have a feeling if they could figure it out, 
they'd uh they probably could sell that sell that information out there and and do very oh, well. Exactly. Oh yes, and of it, course. It it seems to be a national a nationwide thing. Yeah, and uh, well, it's an industry thing too. You know, we've uh, the haunt industry has had such a great growth and such interest in it that we've probably you know uh, taken for granted being able to get in uh, cheap, excited labor. And I think where the industry is going to have to go to solve staffing issues is <clears throat> going to start with your design build. You, you're not going to be able to, you got to get rid of some of these actor positions, which is repetition and just doing the same, same quick scare over and over. You know, your, your drop down windows, your, your, your quick little pop outs and stuff. If you're burning an actor there, that's where your turnouts, pro, uh, turnovers going too. Because when people get into this, if you're going to keep their interest, uh, if you're going to have, you know, it's tough to be a seasonal event and haunt and have a competitive salary to something else. Somebody might want a regular job or be working at the movie theater. If they can make four or five hours more an hour and get more hours, they're going to go do that. You know, uh, so when your actors come in, they want to be featured. They want to show off their talent. And, you know, it's, it's up to you to also find that within them. So you might have to invest more in animatronics to take those repetition spots. You might need to really push on your actors. You're going to have to invest in consulting like Badger and Jim do uh, to, to get more out of your actors and give them more of a performance role. You're probably going to have to bring in and retain the makeup artists you have and add one or two more because the days of just putting some black on the eyes and a rubber mask, you know, that's not attracting your audience and that's not retaining your actors nobody wants to go and sit out you know behind a drop down with a rubber mask and go blah you know 500 <laughs> times a night it gets boring after it so you know keeping your actors entertained featuring them and you know we have such great technology now digital and animatronics can take some of these things we took for granted and you know just went along with so you can feature uh, your actors more have less of them, but you know, throw some money into it because if they have good makeup, if they look neat, if if they're walking out there with pride and and feeling like they're a bigger part of the show, and you know, if you cut your actors by twenty percent, they are. Um, you're going to retain them. They're going to come do your haunt and feel more of what they're doing with you and your little haunt community you've built than going to watch the football team on Friday. They can skip that once or twice in October. And, you know, they'll come work your haunt, and people will come out and see them because, oh, yes, I'm I'm the super uh, Chupacabra, you know, <laughs> instead of just being Chupacabra 4. It's amazed me that sports and haunters have, I've never seen the appeal for both. You know, it's always been the, the 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 outcast and and the people who liked heavy metal and the people who liked wrestling. If there was a sporting event, I never I never could understand why you know some haunters were just rabid baseball fans or rabid football fans because it just never seemed that that was the demographic that worked in haunted houses. But just over the last you know maybe four or five years, uh, that has really changed. I'm seeing people who are you know just rabid sports fans also working in haunted houses, and that's that's 
that still is a foreign concept to me. It's like, you know, you, you had the jocks in high school and college and you had the, the geeks and the nerds and the, the whatevers and, and, you know, the haunted house people were always, you know, in their own the, little subclass. The demographic cross there is your customer base. So these, the, the, the actors you have, which are coming in and, and they're, you know, sports are orientated they They were the jocks and stuff in school. They've been your customers. They're the ones who like the haunts, and some haunt has done such a good job that the customers now turn into somebody who wants to be an actor. So that's grown with that. But that's always been a big customer base. For the past 20 years, uh, local markets would complain, oh, oh, the big baseball team made it into the playoffs. Oh, I'm going to lose money on Saturday. Okay, Great. You just bought yourself free marketing advice because you know that's your target market. You know that there are other nights that you need to draw those people in and you know where to advertise. So, you, you know, make sure that your cable company isn't and your streaming networks now aren't dropping your ad, you know, during reruns of the Today Show. You want them on, you know, the baseball network or the local high school sports. And like you're uh, saying earlier, Jonah, with um, the, you know, uh, uh, schools and stuff. Yeah, you can't just put up posters. They're going to want advertising for it. But there are advertising opportunities, especially with high school sports, your local things. They all have programs. And it's a small investment. You can be very selective on when you need to do it, especially, you know, a, uh, a, a fall sports program, you know, you can, you can get a, you know, quarter page ad in a football program, you know, four or five weekends. And it's all during when you want to drive in that type of crowd. So th there are good opportunities with that. And it's a place to look and, you know, as actors, it's a place to look, Hey, you know, that you might have football people going and stuff with it, you know, Drop a drop a line, uh, help boost the local high school uh, cross country team. You know they're done in October, and you know you get some cross country zombies. You're in good shape. Uh, I remember zombie runs were a big thing about ten years ago. I'm assuming they still are in certain places, but yeah, there you go. You need some people that can run around all day. Grab a cross country team. They're <laughs> used to doing that in the woods and on trails. Hmm. But I want to remind you, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. We are talking about the year that was 2023 and what's coming up in 2024 with our usual co-hosts. We're going to take a very short break here to play this very important message. And we'll be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror, talking about the year that was looking forward to the year 2024. 
with all our co-hosts, kind of in a little bit of a reflective mood this this time of year. We're kind of sitting back. We're not trying to go too heavy on the topics. But uh, one of the topics that is a little bit depressing is um, there, there's a lot of haunts that have uh, that have not come back or they have been advertising this was their last year. You know, we did a roundtable on this a couple of months ago. Several haunts were saying this was going to be their final year, and uh, I, I went to one of them. I went to Hacker House up in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina, up on the Virginia border for not only Halloween, but their Krampus event earlier. I believe the interview was on the last show, but that was the last time after 27 years that Hacker House was going to be open. And is it COVID? Is it the economy? Is it that just the owners are aging out? What What, what is going on with um? A lot of small and not so small haunts closing down. Is that happening in your areas or or not? I think it's a combination of multiple things. I think one, um, you know, and when we were talking to people, some of it was aging out. Some of it was because of losing their buildings. Um, some of them just can't keep up with the expenses that it takes to uh, to run a haunt. Nowadays, so I think it's it's just a lot of things. Uh, you you can identify with losing the building. I think can you not? That was by sort of. my choice. Yeah, it's that also was my choice, choice to leave. Yeah, because, I didn't lose the building. I right. I decided I'm not going back to it. No, you, you're stagnant in the growth, and it's not a partner who's helping you grow. That's exactly. the thing. You stay doing that. You you are going to burn out or your haunt's going to uh, you know end in a couple of years because you aren't giving it the room to grow, uh, the room to re-energize yourself and to uh, be competitive. And I, I think we've seen, you know, with the industry growing so much, I think we've seen just uh, the, the gambit of reasons that haunts are closing. And we've definitely seen it this year. Everything from haunts where the insurance has pushed them out. It's that uh, straw that breaks the camel's back, you know, trying to get uh, the, 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 the rider insurance and, you know, the cost and everything with that. Um, we've seen haunts which uh, have closed because of scandal, because of what uh, some of their managers or owners have criminally done. And it kills the haunt. Just boom, gone. You're done. Uh, we're seeing, you know, especially with uh, uh, having places to go. You know, it's you. You have uh, instances like we just talked about where it's a business decision working with that, but also uh, the um, uh, commercial uh, real estate market's getting a little tighter. Where to put things is getting a little tighter. Uh, especially your agritainment. Uh, you know, I'm looking around at a couple of the farms that closed here in Rhode Island this year. They just announced uh, one of the Christmas tree farms. This was their last year. And this was more of a planned thing because uh, they said they stopped planting new Christmas trees 10 years ago. So, you know, it, it's the aging out and just not having it there to push or another buyer to jump right into it. So it, it's a little bit of everything. And, and part of it is that this industry has grown so much and and can just pop up so well that that it's also caused you know some of the haunts you might recognize to to burn out quicker it it does make me wonder because everybody thinks oh man look at all these lines in october this has got to be an easy way to make money <laughs> and then you have somebody that gets together with a couple of investors and they really don't know the industry they may know business but they may not know how the industry works and they 
do it for a couple of years and realize, wow, this is a lot more expensive than I expected it to be. And and they just like, uh, I, I'm not spending any more money on this. And they just kind of pack up and go away. I know that's happened to a couple of haunts over the years and the, the aging usually out. Usually the ones you see, yeah, those are ones usually only see lasting a couple of years. If they if they make it to three years, then they're in it for the right reasons and they're, you know, prepared to do what it takes. Well, you hope so. I don't just like, oh, this is a easy buck. They're usually gone pretty quick. Yeah, I don't know what the sweet spot is. Is it three years? Is it five years? Is it more? Is it less? You know, by the time you hit a certain amount, you either know that you're going to be successful or you're not. I, I think with conventions, I've heard it's three years. If you haven't consistently grown for three years you're not going to be a successful convention and i don't know if you can apply the same to the haunt industry but uh yeah definitely uh i've seen some haunts sprout up for let's just say the wrong reasons they go to trans world or they go to someplace and they buy like half of it out and then nobody goes to their haunt because they forgot about their advertising budget or they forgot about you know who their demographic is or or they're like I don't really know what I'm doing with a haunt. I own, you know, another business, but it's not run this same way at all. And and why is everybody just, you know, not doing what I say they're doing? And they're, you know, it's, I, I've seen that happen with a couple of places. And, you know, fortunately, they're not in business now or last legs or whatever. And we'll just, we'll just have to see. So. Well, a huge example of that is, what was it, like uh, 10 years ago or so, that Eli Roth haunt that they tried to do in Vegas? Uh, you know, they, they thought that was going to last. That, 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 on the strip, ton of money. It, it, you know, they had the Eli Roth design and name to it. It's going to be a big, big event. It, it is, is, you know, draw it in. And how can you go wrong? Vegas and the hot horror stuff going on right there. It'll be year round. And, you know, it will have a gift shop. And it, it's going to be a big push and stuff. And it lasted about two months. It burned out so quick because it was just a money pit. Because it was people who, you know, really hadn't done a haunt before trying to do it. So it's just, you know, a little gimmicky and, 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 and just going to push with that. So, I mean, you could have huge resources and if you don't have the experience and a good plan with it, you can burn out the resources so quick. And, and I mean, uh, that's with anything. And uh, it'll be real interesting over the next couple of years. Cause isn't universal looking at doing a, uh, a targeted micro park, for um, the uh, Halloween Horror Nights, I, I thought that, that you know they, they were starting to do plans like in Dallas and somewhere around Vegas for you know these these smaller themed uh, um, parks. Yeah, it seems like I heard something about Vegas. I think the Goratorium, which was Eli Ross, I think it lasted ten months and it shut down in of all times September. I mean, you couldn't get it going through October something is seriously wrong if you if you were if you could not get a haunted attraction going on at least through october but yeah i mean i know a guy that was working there and i've i've never sat down and asked him what happened but uh something was wrong i mean it was probably not the best business decision to do it but i mean it probably would have worked anywhere except vegas for me you had the name brand, you had money behind it. Just, uh, 
just so much else to do in Vegas. I guess people couldn't pull themselves away from the buffets and the gambling to go visit a haunted house and march on a Wednesday afternoon. Who knows? Well, if they're going, but, to, um, they're going to the Goratorium. They're just going to throw it up anyways. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's, let's close out 2023 here. Let's, let's look forward into 2024. What's, um, what are, you know, this is the time of year. We all make resolutions. We all hope to be able to do this and hope to do that. You know, the show is no different. We're planning on attending this show and that show. And there'll be haunted houses that we go to almost every year that we hope to visit again and maybe some new ones. And there's a couple of brand new shows that are coming up. East Coast Haunters is coming up in April. And I think HauntCon is making a return after being gone for a few years. And they're coming in February, and there's there's an awful lot of interesting things happening all at once and kind of stack toward the early part of the year. You know, I remember a decade ago when all of these conventions were in, like, April. You know, you had National Haunters, you had Transworld, you had, you know, West Coast Haunters, you had HauntCon, and they were happening in either March or April, and then you had Midwest Haunters in June, but... There's a lot of new stuff out there, a lot of conventions and shows that have been around for some for many years, some for not so many years. But are there plans to go to any of these? I know that um, I'm planning on going to the ones that I normally go to. I'll be at Transworld, assuming they'll let us come down there again and, and vend out there. I'm planning on going to Daytona. Probably will not have a booth, but at least go down and cover it because I am very curious to see how HauntCon will do in in Daytona. I'm interested in the East Coast show that's going to be in the Philadelphia area in, in April. Um, I still have yet to go to Midwest in Chicago since it's moved there. Um, I've got a friend of mine that definitely wants to go to Chicago and, and go see this show. So thinking about going up there for that. And um, what about you guys? What are your plans? John, I know you are planning on going to Transworld, but what are some of the uh, some of the uh, things on your calendar for this year, assuming you've planned those things out? Transworld, definitely. Um, other shows do not know yet um, because the main focus this year is to find a new location for Banshee Manor and to grow that um doing some diversification in the business. Um, so, yeah, that's our main focus is, is finding a building. And that is not an easy feat. And, you know, giving me some sleepless nights already. Um, not just the cost, but finding something um, that really feels like a, a unicorn right now. Because, you know, it has to be the right size. It has to be zoned correctly. You know, has to have this and has to have that in order just to get it open. You know, so that's our, our, my main focus this year is to get that location found. So if you are a property owner in northwest Arkansas, maybe extreme eastern Oklahoma or southwestern mm -hmm. Missouri, and you yep. know of a property that might work, please get in touch with Jana. I'm sure she would like yes. to talk to you. Definitely. <laughs> So resolution number one would be ideally if you have a haunted castle. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> ideally. <laughs> <laughs> so, we don't have too you know, many castles around here. <laughs> so 
So resolutions for Jana include going to Transworld and finding a new location for Banshee Manor. How about you, Jim? Do you have any resolutions for this upcoming year? I do, but I can't tell you about Well, that's no fun. <laughs> I know you've hinted at a business that you might be going into, which you don't have to discuss anymore, but are you planning on maybe attending any shows? Are there haunted attractions that you work at? that you might be working at again, some wrestling events, anything like that? Well, I, I definitely, um, if my meeting goes the way it should, uh, I plan on being at Transworld. Um, I would like to get to Fear Expo as well. I don't know about Midwest, but I might, I'm going to try to get to at least those two. Plus, I've already got eight bookings for wrestling shows for next year nice and that's just you know the year you know it's not even 2024 yet so and i've got squared circle expo which i go to every year and there um i'm going to throw a name out there to you drew you might recognize wildfire tommy rich oh the legend legendary nwa guy and awa guy loved him back in the 70s and 80s he will be there, and the Hardy Boys and Lita are going to be there. Very cool. So, yeah, my year's not going to be slow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm I'm sure the uh, the big news that you may have at some point, I'm sure we'll hear about that when when it all comes down. Assuming, well, my life will get yeah. a lot busier if that happens. <laughs> there you go, and possibility of maybe. Oddities and Curiosities, Columbus. Yes, I, can I, say. Like, I like that show. Yeah, we 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 are hoping to get Michelle from the Oddities and Curiosities Expo on in the extremely near future to talk about all the new shows going on with that. I mean, I'm sure we'll be at the Charlotte one. Hopefully, Jonna may attend Tulsa. We'll see. And there's a brand new one going up in the Boston area. We kind of touched on it before with Storm, but Storm, you know, if health problems continue to go away and improve and things. Maybe we'll see you at that show or any others, any resolutions yeah, you have to make. That's the hope. And that's, that's what, you know, I'd like, like the goal, you know, I, I was excited with the, you know, the East coast point convention. Uh, I just really feel that'll probably be too much for me to try at any point uh, this year. Um, you know, that, that that's going to be a little bit big, but some smaller, like the curiosities and oddities, uh, Necronomicon, some of the smaller ones, I, I hope to be in, in, in well enough and, uh, you know, be able to tackle one of those to at least get some coverage and get out there. Ideally, the best thing is I'd love to go to one of these small shows and bring my nephew. Uh, he loves Halloween and stuff and we, we could really get him get the ball rolling. You know, we had, um, <clears throat> Uh, last year, he came and actually helped me decorate my lawn. He's four. Uh, he came and helped me decorate my lawn for Halloween. This year is supposed to, but uh, I got sick. He got sick. COVID went through my sister's family. We had to have uh, some uh, uh, things done to the yard. We had roots, which were starting to pull up uh, concrete uh, under the concrete pads. 
for some of the utilities outside. So we had to have that stuff ripped out. And so, you know, it, it was minimal on what I did for Halloween decorating. He didn't come up. And he's been complaining to my sister that he, he didn't come up to decorate with Uncle Jason. So, you know, <laughs> lo looking forward to that. I get him to a haunt show and whew, we're we're done. We're over. I'll, I'll have to fight him to not be on the uh, uh, podcast with us. He'll want to become the fifth host. <laughs> that that uh, would be it, quite it. interesting. That 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 it will be. Uh, but definitely looks like we've got a, a lifer in the industry, budding lifer right there. So that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh yes. Oh, definitely. No, and and it, and it's fun too because I thought, oh well, I got a lot of jack o' lanterns. He'll enjoy that. No, he he likes the squishy eyeballs. He liked the skeletons. He likes all the scary stuff. So I, I get him to a, a a show. You know, oh, oh boy, yeah. Where my my sister's going to hate me forever. Uh, is he too young for the movies? And TV, uh, probably, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, some of the movies and some of that's fearful, and you, you know that that type of thing's different. It's it's a little. Uh, that's one of the neat things I've noticed with little kids. It, it depends on the situation. Like in the haunt itself, it's scary because it's so immersive. Movies are a little bit immersive, but if they just see a character, you know, like in the line out front, or you know, the infamous you know, be a scary pirate at Applebee's, you know, 15 years ago and it ended up being kids night. You know, the, 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 what happened with that too is, you know, I was a scary pirate. I had, you know, big skeleton face latex to my face and walk in Applebee's uh, for talk like a pirate day and promote the haunt and ended up being kids night. So I, <laughs> I stayed over by the bar, but there are terrified children at the booths and, you know, I could see one and, and uh, you know, the guy I worked with, Scary Larry, he was over there talking to his family and it would calm down a little less. I go walking up. You could see the girl was scared. She's, you know, just me coming over and she like crawled up her dad's, you know, arm while it was talking stuff. And I pulled off. I had skeleton gloves on. So I pulled it off and waved at him. and you could see the change in this little kid's, uh, you know, eyes and face because. Oh, th there's a person under there. This is different than what I thought. And she went from scared to fascinated. And by the end of it, doing that, and you see that a lot of times uh, if you're a Q actor out front, uh, which is really neat. So, you know, it's, you'd start them young. I've, I've had four-year-olds react better to my character in a line and have more fun than some of the teenagers. That's, that's tremendous. I wonder what happened to... Uh those kids that found you fascinating all those years ago, whether or not they still find you fascinating or are too scared to go to haunts. Who knows? Oh, probably working at haunts or, you know, <laughs> you know at least, so. you know, the, the fun creative writing class and uh, where they're, they're coming up with the good stories. Those kids absolutely. are, they're all in rubber rooms right now. <laughs> that, that is also a possibility. I know that my resolutions are to go to, as I said, HauntCon, Midwest, maybe, um, East Coast, obviously Transworld, probably Fear Expo, unless, Jim, you go, then, you know, I think, you know, if you need more of the booth than what you have, we'll certainly get that to you. Um, Midsummer Scream, that's that's as, as much of a given as they can. I, I, I plan my vacation around that. There's an outside chance of maybe going to Texas Haunters Convention. I haven't been down there since it became Texas Haunters Convention. That was always a fun show, and that's a show right there that I think is going to become a major player if it's not already. 
It I is think a it's fun good. show, um, especially if you could go on to Galveston and hop on a cruise ship afterwards. I bet it is. <laughs> hmm. Well, yes, indeed. But um, yeah, I think I think that's going to be the next kind of breakout show. I think it's uh, you know, it's it's done nothing but get bigger and bigger and bigger every year. And I can't even tell you if it's year five or four, five, six, somewhere in that area. But um, yeah, I think that's going to be like the the next tier down from Trans World. You know, Midwest used to be the only other show on that tier. And and I think Texas is definitely going to do that. I think, um, you know, there's going to be some interesting things happening at these things. I know that, uh, you know, some new product I can't wait to see. Some stuff I saw at IAPA that I think we're going to see at, at some of these shows is just going to astonish some other people. You know, I was I was shocked to see poison props at IAPA this year. And they were just kind of there as a display. But their their displays were tremendous, and you know, Poison Props is always a, a amazing company at Transworld, and and some of the stuff they have this year is stellar, and I cannot wait to see what uh what happens at Transworld with some of the people see what what they're doing, and some of the uh, smaller haunts, I or some of the smaller shows. I, I'm looking forward to uh, getting back out to CreepyCon. Um, I. Don't think I'm going to be able to make Carolina Fear Fest over Memorial Day because I'm going to be out on the other side of the country that weekend. Unfortunately, um, Days of the Dead is coming to Atlanta and I uh, believe they're going back to Vegas. And I think they're going to Indianapolis. I'm not sure, Jim. We'll have to look into that. But um, definitely oddities and curiosities and, and a whole lot of shows. And I think we're just going to hopefully saturate the market with some great interviews have tons and tons of show content get a lot of great shout outs get a lot of cool interviews and continue this crazy train ride that we've been on for almost 12 years you know we should probably be getting into our 12 year countdown mode sometime early because that's going to be happening in just uh four months good lord four months we'll be doing this a dozen years who would have thunk it we got a lot grayer hey some of us at least kept our hair too but um uh, you know well, i want to know if this is the master plan for badger you know uh, get all the kids out of the house you know get them on on their own out of the house uh retire from the day job and just drive around the country eight months out of the year going to conventions and teaching and a big fifth wheel badger's haunted fifth wheel you have <laughs> You have discovered my master plan, sir. I've got 26 years in with my company. You know, if, if I ever win the lottery, I'm going to buy the rest of my retirement out. I have all my kids are out of high school. I've got one that graduated, but is still in the house. I've got one that's graduating this spring. will stay in the house. And I've got one that's going to dental school. So she's probably got another eight years to 10 years of schooling. So, <laughs> Who knows? But yes, that would absolutely be my job right there. Traveling to haunts all around the country, conventions, interviews. I would just be a professional convention attender, I guess, for lack of a better word. Go go to all of them that I could. You know, we have standing invitations to go to several shows that we've never been able to make. But uh, who knows what the future will hold? But I definitely... uh. Look forward to 2024. It's going to be a quite a fascinating year. 
There's already a lot of talk about trans world. There's already a lot of talk about HauntCon. There's already a lot of talk about Fear Expo. I know there's going to be a huge amount of talk about the East Coast show because, hey, April's only four months away. Right about the time we hit our anniversary, that show will be debuting just outside Philadelphia. And uh, the tours they've announced on that, stellar. This is this might be the uh, the show to go to in a year or two, if if not already, just with uh, what they've already announced. It uh, it's going to be a very very interesting year. But um, anybody else have anything that they want to uh, discuss? I know we've been looking at the clock here, and it's probably time to start winding this down just a little bit. Any other uh, hopes, dreams, and things for the next upcoming year? I, I, I hope, you know, especially for the show itself, to uh, redo my studio and my whole PC computer setup in the next couple of months and have that down so that can actually do some new and, 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 and a little bit more fun things with it. Uh, you know, I, I do have some ideas to, to help maybe with some video things, but definitely have a little bit better production and stuff if I can uh, get some of the stuff set up. I got a whole soundboard sitting in a box. I just got to hook up some new computers and move things around and just re redo an entire room. And I just haven't, haven't gotten to it. So hopefully it is. And, uh, I got to clear up a, a vision issue too. And, uh, th then we'll be really rolling. I look forward to hearing that stuff. And, and as, as we all are, maybe this will be the year that we do some sort of a live broadcast of with video. I know Jim's talked about for that for years maybe doing something like uh trans world live does maybe do a one shot just to see if anybody cares and have some kind of interesting topic to talk about who knows you know maybe we'll do something around halloween we'll just have to uh kind of play it all out so anything else before we say goodbye to uh 2023 here I brought a shot glass, and I do have some brown liquor right here. I am pouring it in right now. You can all see it. I want to toast each and every one of you's good health and prosperity in the new year, as well as to all our listeners. I do hope that you will continue to listen to us over the course of the uh, next 52 weeks or so. We have some big plans coming down the pike. You'll hopefully see us at a couple of shows, and uh, salute to all of you. Yeah, salute. salute. Oh, that's smooth. Oof. So, hey, shot glass, toast. That's done. Oh, that burns. But <laughs> hey, gotta love the brown liquor. And I don't even drink, so I may have to uh, take another one here in a few minutes because that actually went down smoother than I thought. Oh, what anyway. You, what do you what, got? What? what do you got? Uh, I have Fireball because I'm a cordial do, do, kind do, of guy. Do, 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 do. <laughs> sorry sorry bad joke bad joke but uh yeah i was looking at incinerator i have a buddy of mine that turned me on to that a few few months ago and that's that's kind of cool too but this was a little cheaper and i didn't know how much i would use but uh yes my first live shot on the round table of terror so i know we've been talking about doing a show like that at some point but uh who knows but any uh any final words from the hosts uh all i can really say is you know it's it, it we always come up and say hey it's the same as it was last year it was always a roller coaster 
and it seems like years are always roller coasters. But all I can say to our listeners right now is 2024 is right around the corner. Maybe it's time to take the roller coaster up to new heights before going down into the twists and turns that you're going to have until the end of the year. Good luck to you. And I hope everything goes well for you and yours and your businesses if you're a haunt owner. Uh, and I hope everybody that a haunt actor scares the crap out of everybody. And we will <laughs> see you soon. Very nice. Any uh, Anything, Storm? Well wishes to our listeners or other? Uh, to our listeners, your cryptid challenge for 2024 is to incorporate into your haunt an octo-squatch. What the hell is that? An, an eight-armed Sasquatch. What, what else would that be? I, I haven't watched sci-fi movies on Saturday night in a long time. Not so a sci-fi just... <laughs> movie. Nope, there's sightings. There's sightings going back to like the 60s. Oh, jeez. Jonna, any uh, resolutions or well wishes for our listeners? Well, hopefully I can say some well wishes to my wonderful host and to all of the fabulous listeners out there without my hellhounds going nuts in the background. But um, set your new trends. Set your own trends. Um, don't, don't wait for people to tell you what's going to be cool. If you think it's cool, you could make it cool. So have a wonderful 2024. Very well said. Um, I would like to wish each and every one of our listeners good health. Uh, please get out there and support the Valentine's Day haunts that will be happening in about five to six weeks. Get out there and support those conventions. You know, there's going to be some new ones this year. We've talked about plenty of them. They're going to need your support in order to continue. Whether or not you are a, a fan of certain people who vend at them or certain people who run them, irrelevant you know we're all in this together it is an industry of some of the nicest people we've ever met so many of the people who run these shows and run these companies and run these haunts they'd give you the shirt off their back if you needed it and uh they need your support so get out there support those local haunts support the local vendors the ones who spend the time and the effort bringing you some great props and great ideas and great things for your haunts Make plenty of plenty of orders. I hope each and every person that vends at a show pulls a huge profit out of each one. And of course, I want to thank all our hosts and all our special correspondents. Wicked Wendy, Sylvia Vile, Weister, even Tater. All of you guys, we couldn't do this show without you. Even dog, even dog Soldier that we haven't heard from in about 11 years or so. You know, he's out there doing his thing, but, uh, don't forget the voice from hell. And of course, Dick Terhune could not forget him. He will be on the show sometime in the next few weeks. So be sure to listen to that. I have another shot of brown liquor here. So salute to all of you again. Let's have a great, great 2024. Oh, that's ooh, ooh, not as good as the first one, but this is. The Round Table of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. I'm waiting for the live video with, you know, after a couple more shots, Badger's going to be dancing around his uh, house singing the dentist song from Little Shop of Horrors to get that kid out of the house. <laughs>
Hi, you're listening to Delana Sutherland from the Horror Writers Association, Virginia Chapter, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Passion is what drives us. The passion to be the best. For over 10 years, that passion has taken us from eBay to becoming the driving force in the haunted house industry. And... Just getting started. From flex props to nine foot giants. Great details, great looks, and great pricing is the foundation we are built on. Our heart beats Halloween and haunts. We are a creepy collection. Let us deliver our passion to your haunted attraction this season. CreepyCollection.com. Now that's creepy. Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And as we continue our journey down the road of tortures and execution, we are now in the 20th century and we've come up to the gas chamber. While prisoners in the gas chamber are rendered unconscious within seconds, it can take up to 18 minutes for the body to give up its fight for life. Despite modifications, the gas chamber has few supporters. The suffering endured by pigs in the first prototype gas chamber appalled journalists. Unlike electrocution, gas does not paralyze, so the agonized writhings of the victims are disturbingly apparent. Nevertheless, Nevada opted the gas chamber as a means of execution in 1921. Three years later, John G. was the first man to die in it. It was first used in North Carolina in 1936 when a local reporter, a veteran of some 156 electrocutions, told how he witnessed awful butchery. Its opponents were largely ignored. By 1973, 13 states had adopted the gas chamber. Its design and operation have been improved. The steel chamber is furnished with a single chair. In North Carolina, it is the state's old electric chair. Straps keep the limbs in place and the condemned wears a mask with a nose hole. From outside the hermetically sealed chamber, warders operate a mechanism that mixes hydrochloric acid and potassium cyanide in a pan within, forming the fatal hydrocyanite gas. They have the security of knowing that cyanide detectors sound an alarm if the gas leaks. For a fleeting moment, the prisoner may see the fumes before he feels its effects following inhalation. Double-pane glass allows those in the witness chamber to see the prisoner's death throes. There are even breakers of sulfuric acid between the two panes to prevent condensation. Death occurs quickly for the prisoner who breathes normally. Those who hold their breath by way of natural response to the gas suffer a more lingering demise. 
A heart monitor attached to the condemned reveals when his life ends. The deadly gas is cleared with carbon filters or ammonia before prison warders enter the room. Even so, the first to enter some 30 minutes after executions wear a gas mask. They contaminate the body with bleach to prevent harm coming to anyone who touches it, specifically the undertaker. Gas chambers have become increasingly unpopular. In California, for example, gas was outlawed as unconstitutional in 1994. While technically remaining an option in six American states, it is likely to be used in just two. Among those killed in the gas chambers were Barbara Graham, whose execution in 1955 was halted twice in the same day, once at the chamber door. Carol Chessman, the red light bandit, who preyed on women in Hollywood, was convicted in 1948. Chessman was a reformed character by the time of his death in San Quentin, 1960. He had become a student of philosophy and law in a bid to save his life and wrote several books. He saw himself fighting a dogged and seemingly endless battle for survival of watching nearly five dozen men take that fast grim walk past my cell. It was an incredible nightmarish experience. Chessman's nightmare was not over. Moments after the death of gas was released, a phone call confirmed another stay of execution. The wardens thought it too late to save him, and the execution continued as planned. Chessman died, although the judiciary thought he should live. He was both defeated and triumphant. Wow. Okay. So there's some things about the gas chamber I didn't know. Hope you learned something. We'll catch you on the next show. Bye. The spirits of the dead can indeed invade the human body. Beyond this gate lurks an experience that will touch a fear you never knew you had. The legend of Hell House. From 20th Century Fox. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. For the sake of your sanity, pray it isn't true. Neil Zaza, the carnival of the animals, on the Big Scary Show.
Hi, my name is Danielle from Wyandotte, um, JC's Haunted House in Wyandotte, Michigan, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> Have you considered joining your local Chamber of Commerce? I know that most of us think about that being for average Joe businesses, like retail stores and restaurants and insurance agents. But it can also be for your haunted attraction, especially if you have an escape room and things like that that you run year-round. Now, what this is going to do for you is, of course, it's going to cost a little bit up front. Depends on your city and things like that as to how much. But once you pay that, it puts you in the loop of things going on in your community. It gives you a heads up in networking with other companies that you may want to do some cross-promotion or advertising with. Or maybe give them some specials if they advertise through you. So... Check into your local Chamber of Commerce, see what the benefits are, see what the cost is, and basically look at this as part of your advertising budget. Now, another thing you can do to look at is your your local tourism board. Here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, we have a tourism board that's called Experience Fayetteville. And so someone who's visiting Fayetteville for a Razorback football game or something like that, they can go there and they can find out all kinds of fun things to do. That's going to get my haunt on their community calendar for the month of October. It's also going to link me up with several other websites that I probably wouldn't even thought of. And it's 100% free. It also, again, gives me in the loop as to what's going on in my community that I may want to participate in. And that is totally free. So just wanted to give you a couple of ideas of things to plan on this coming year that will help build your audience. Have a great year. And until then, don't forget to stir the cauldron. Hey, this is Tyler Maine, Michael Myers from Rob Zombie's Halloween's, Sabretooth from the X-Men movie, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Not since Rosemary's baby has there been anything like the devil within her. The story of a child created in hell to create hell on earth. You will have a baby, a monster, possessed by the devil himself. The Devil Within Her, starring Joan Collins as a woman cursed to carry the son of Satan. I'm your mother, you can't hurt me. Donald Pleasance as the doctor, destined to be destroyed by the devil within her. It's a question of my medicine versus your magic. A film that exposes you to the awesome powers of possession, exorcism, and satanic revenge. 
Pray for the devil within her before it preys on you. The devil within her, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunted attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Neil Zaza, Dance Macabre, on The Big Scary Show.
ready to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karen.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios Creepy Collection Dark Imaginings Fright Finder Haunt Pay Von Caron Productions and VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and More, RabbitBadger.org. Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com. And Storm, Rants and More, HauntMinute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves. <laughs>